Greetings, friends, and welcome back to Catechesis. In this 23rd lesson, we will be considering Baptist Catechism question 27, which asks, how doth or how does Christ execute the office of a prophet? And the answer is that Christ executeth the office of a prophet in revealing to us by his word and spirit the will of God for our salvation. A really a very simple question and answer, but one with great depth to it. We are to remember the section of the catechism that we are presently in. We are learning all about Jesus the Christ, who is our Redeemer. First, we learned about his person. Questions 24 and 25 tell us about who Christ is. And now we are learning about his work. Questions 26 through 29 tell us about the work that Christ has accomplished in bringing about our redemption. His work notice is presented in terms of his threefold offices. Uh, Remember question 26, which we considered last week. It asked, what offices does Christ execute as our Redeemer? And the answer is that Christ as our Redeemer executes the offices of a prophet, of a priest, and of a king, both in his state of humiliation and exaltation. So when we talk about the offices of Christ, we are talking about his God-given responsibilities. We're talking about his official work that God gave him to accomplish. What work did God give Christ to do? Well, he was to fulfill the responsibilities of a prophet, priest, and king. And questions 27, 28, and 29 will elaborate on these three offices one at a time. Again, question 27, which is our question for this week, asks, how does Christ execute the office of a prophet? And the answer is, Christ executes the office of a prophet in revealing to us by his word and spirit the will of God for our salvation. So let's take this phrase by phrase. Christ executes the office of a prophet, we are told. And it is important for us to remember all of the prophets of God who ministered to the people of God under the Old Covenant. Uh, They were prophets. Uh, There were many of them. Uh, The most famous are Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Um, There were many other prophets, though. There was a school of prophets. There were many prophets who ministered amongst God's people under the Old Covenant. There were even prophets who ministered in the earliest days of the New Covenant, in the age of the apostles. So God has sent prophets to speak his word, to say, thus saith the Lord, to reveal Uh, truth to the people of God, to reveal God's word to them. Uh, God has been doing this for centuries, but here we are being taught that Christ is the prophet. He is uh, the epitome of the prophet. He is the one to whom we are to listen. Um, I think really this is all anticipated in the Old Testament scriptures. Um, This was anticipated even by Moses, and in his day he spoke to the people of Israel, saying, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. And so, yes, it may be that Moses um, was telling the people of Israel that a whole succession of prophets would arise after his day, but he seems to be pointing forward to one prophet in particular, And he is urging the people of Israel to expect the arrival of this prophet and to listen to him when he comes. 
uh, Deuteronomy 18.15 is what I just quoted, but in Deuteronomy 18.18, Moses continues saying, I will raise up from for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. Uh, so this is the Lord speaking to the people of Israel through through Moses. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I have commanded him. Uh, the New Testament makes it very clear that this is a reference to Christ. Christ fulfilled these words. He is the prophet uh, that Moses spoke of. He is the prophet that God spoke of to the people of Israel uh, that would come in the process of time. Um, the New Testament makes this very clear. Um, in the book of Acts, uh, this passage that I've just read from Deuteronomy 18, 15, and 18 is cited and applied to Christ. But I think also of the opening of John's gospel. In John 1, 1, we read those famous words, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as from the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. Uh, so Christ is the Word. Uh, he is the Word of God come in the flesh. He is the Word who was with God and was God in the beginning. Uh, so it is interesting to think of Christ in these terms. He is the eternal Word of God come in the flesh. Now, God gave His Word to prophets in ages past, but Christ, He is a prophet, but on such a higher level than these prophets who came before. He did not just come with God's Word. He did not just receive God's word and then deliver it to God's people, but rather he was and is and always will be the word of God himself. He is the word of God incarnate. Um, John 1.18 says, no one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. All of these passages in John chapter 1 that I've just cited are speaking to this role that Christ has played. He, among other things, has revealed the Father to us. He, he has spoken to us with divine authority. Uh, he has given us God's word. He is the prophet. Uh, that is the point. He has revealed to us truth. Uh, that is what our catechism says. Christ executeth the office of a prophet in revealing to us. Uh, that is what a prophet does. He reveals the Word of God to God's people, and that is what Christ has done. He has revealed something to us. He has revealed the Father to us. He has revealed truth to us. And I think we are to remember that we stand in need of revelation as creatures, particularly because we are now fallen into sin. I, I'm not talking here about the book of Revelation at the conclusion of the Christian canon, uh, but rather I, I am talking about um, the act whereby God discloses himself to us, the, the act whereby God gives us his truth. We need this. I think that we need this because we are creatures. Uh, though we were created upright in the beginning, when Adam was made, he was placed in the garden and he was without sin, but even then he was dependent upon God. Uh, God needed to reveal himself to Adam if Adam was to know him truly. But even more so now that we are fallen into sin, uh, we 
just studied Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24 uh, this morning. And there, uh, the Apostle Paul is talking about the Gentiles and how they are darkened in their understanding, futile in their thinking. They are alienated from God. This is our natural condition. We are not naturally in the light, but in the darkness, and we are in need of the light. Uh, God must reveal himself to us if we are to know uh, the truth. Um, you remember what Pilate said to Jesus when they had that exchange immediately before Christ went to the cross. Uh, Pilate, at one point, um, kind of scoffed at Jesus, saying, what is truth? And I think that is a sentiment that many people have in our day and age. What is truth? Can it really be known? And quite honestly, I do sympathize with that sentiment. I do understand why those who do not know Christ would wonder if they can really ever know the truth with confidence. It is actually our view that the truth cannot be known with confidence apart from revelation, apart from God disclosing himself to us, showing himself to us. And, and we are saying here that he has done that in many ways uh, throughout the history of redemption, but supremely he has revealed himself to us in and through the Son, Christ Jesus our Lord. Our confession also talks about the offices of Christ that our catechism is here addressing. And I do like to read our confession alongside our catechism because our catechism is meant to be a summary of the more robust teaching that is found within our confession. But in Second London Baptist Confession, chapter 8, paragraph 9, chapter 8, by the way, is all about Christ, his person, his work. But in Chapter 8, paragraph 9, we read, The office of mediator between God and man is proper only to Christ. So, so here we have another office mentioned. He is the mediator between God and man, and only he can fulfill this office. So it is proper only to Christ, who is the prophet, priest, and king of the church of God, and may not be either in whole or any part thereof transferred from him to any other. In other words, um, he is the only mediator between God and man, Christ is, and he is the prophet, priest, and king. There is no other. And then in paragraph 10, we read these words, this number and order of offices is necessary. So this number and order of offices is necessary. Um, I really appreciate that insight there. Uh, all three of these offices are needed, and the order of them is significant as well. For our confession goes on saying, in respect of our ignorance, we stand in need of his prophetical office. The, the confession is not trying to be insulting here, uh, calling us uh, ignorant or dumb, but rather it is just a statement of fact uh, because uh, we do not naturally have or possess a right and correct understanding of who God is and what it is that he has done for us in accomplishing our redemption. We need a prophet we need someone to reveal the truth of God to us. That is what the confession means. In respect of our ignorance, we stand in need of his prophetical office. And I'll continue and finish the paragraph just because it is pertinent to everything we are looking at here in our catechism. Um, and in respect of our alienation from God and imperfection of the best of our services, we need his priestly office to reconcile us and present us acceptable to God. So this is what Christ does as our priest. He, he cleanses us and he mediates for us. He brings us to God and makes us acceptable, acceptable unto him. And 
in respect to our averseness and utter inability to return to God, and for our rescue and security from our spiritual adversaries, we need his kingly office to convince, subdue, draw, uphold, deliver, and preserve us to his holy, or heavenly, rather, kingdom. This is very rich. So I've given you more than what we are talking about here uh, in this catechism question regarding the prophetical office of Christ, but I think it's important for you to understand where we're going. Uh, Christ, as prophet, has revealed certain things to us. He has revealed the Father to us. He has given us truth from God. And our catechism goes on to say that he has done this by his word and spirit. Um, So notice this. The Spirit of God does not operate independent of the Father and Son, but in submission to them. Uh, the, the Spirit of God is sent by the Father and Son. He proceeds from them. Um, John 1.18, again, no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. But it is the Spirit that Christ himself has sent. The Spirit inspired the writing of Holy Scripture. He illuminates the Scriptures for us, even still as we take up and read Uh, John 14, 26 says this, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So the Son has come from the Father and the Spirit from the Father and Son, according to the Scriptures. And so this is the agency. This is is the way in which Christ um, functions even now as as our prophet. And what has he revealed? Well, many things, but our catechism sums it up with these words, the will of God for our salvation. I think it is important to recognize that Christ has not revealed all that we might like to know, but rather he has given us all that we need to know. There are things that simply are not addressed in the Holy Scriptures. Uh, There are things that Christ left unanswered, There are things that are hidden and mysterious to us even still, but the point is that Christ, as our prophet, has revealed to us what we need to know. He has revealed to us, among other things, the will of God for our salvation. And this is what he meant when in John 15, 15, he said, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. So Christ was faithful to deliver the message that God had for his people to them. He was perfectly faithful to function as that great and awesome prophet of God. So by way of conclusion, uh, how might we apply this principle? Well, I think it is important that we first and foremost confess our need for revelation from above. Uh, that we confess that we are, in fact, ignorant, Um, not in the sense of stupid or dumb, it is, again, not an insult here, but that we are limited in our capacity, that we are limited in our ability to know the truth, uh, given our creatureliness and especially given our fallenness. Uh, We need to square with this reality and confess that it is true and to say to God, God, speak to us. Um, God has spoken to us. He has given us his word. He has sent the Christ. But, but Father, teach us the truth. Show us the truth so that we might live according to it. And then secondly, it is very important that we humbly receive God's revelation. Um, 
Only really the Christian does this, by the way. Uh, the one who is subdued by Christ. It, it is only they who, who do this, who humbly receive uh, the word of God, the implanted word of God, which is able to save our souls. Um, this is really one way of talking about our salvation. We, we come to, to faith and to have salvation only as we humbly receive God's word, his revelation to us, uh, delivered supremely through Christ Jesus our Lord. I'll close by reading a very famous passage, Hebrews 1, 1 through 2. It says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Brothers and sisters, Christ Jesus is the prophet of God. Let us listen to him. Until next time, abide in Christ.